that's just always going to be so incredibly special. Someone who, when I completely stopped functioning, was like, okay, I'm going to be your arms and your legs. And, you know, here's your train ticket that I've bought. And, you know, I am you until you're ready to start being yourself again. And, like, until stuff starts making sense, I will make sense of it for you. Welcome to Between Friends, the podcast exploring the role friendships play in our day-to-day lives. I'm Belle, I'm 25, I was born in Leeds and now I live in London. I'm Lily, Uh, I'm also 25 and I was born in Romsey but I live in London now. Our guests today are Belle and Lily. They've been best friends since meeting in year seven and on meeting them it couldn't be clearer that they're quite different people but it also couldn't be clearer the joy that they bring to each other every day because they basically haven't stopped laughing since we've sat them down at the table <laughs> so guys thank you so much for joining us welcome thank you <laughs> case in point right there <laughs> welcome guys so um, when we were talking a little bit about your friendship and how you know each other earlier, um, the term homogenous beast came up and I would love to get <laughs> some more context on that. <laughs> I think that was my fault. Um, we basically, I looked at the context in which I said that and it was because we did our love languages really recently. And if you don't know what love languages are, it's a test you can do online and you can do it for your best friendships, you can do it in couples, you can do it if you're single. And it basically teaches you about the ways that you give and receive love and the and and your preferences and it's really interesting because like other than gift giving which I rated slightly more highly because um (laughs) I like Lily to buy me presents um like we were the exact same we were the exact same except I preferred you to it was words of affirmation so I knew her to tell me she loves me all the time and I'm like I know you love me buy me stuff thanks yes but quality time was our shared top one which is yeah quality um, time is our it's very telling and a little bit sad because, like, obviously, as you grow older, as you both get jobs um, and your lives change, like, our lives have changed a lot since we were 11 when we met, when you mm. see each other every day. You spend all day, every day together. You spend all your weekends together because you live close. And, um, yeah, it's 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 a little bit with, like, a slightly heavy heart that I think we both saw that and realised that yeah. we value each other's time very highly and we need to make even more time for each I other I think, though, being grown-ups grown-ups adults (laughs) we have um we it's forced us to try though to make that conscious effort to make quality time and you just have to get like we're getting very good at scheduling and being like okay even if we don't have a plan let's put a date even if it's in three weeks in the diary Mm. to sit and eat chicken and watch RuPaul and Mm. that'll (laughs) be what we do make everything better exactly it's so refreshing to hear you guys talking about the love languages like as a pair of friends because I think you know one of the biggest reasons that we wanted to start this project is because everyone like spends a lot of energy on like analyzing their relationships and you know how they're the fact that this exists I mean it's kind of designed I think for couples really Mm -hmm. but you guys are such proof that it can be as true for friends and you have to invest in your friendships in the same way you Um, hugely do you guys have like learned that over time massively and I I think it's so 
relationships, like romantic relationships, especially as adults, tend to be, and, and actually when you're younger as well, even more so, tend to be painted as quite black and white. Like you either want to be with them or you don't. Mm. And I think that that's so much more complex in friendships. Like you definitely have friends through your life that, you know, your relationship with them really changes. And you do think like, you, you know, I certainly have friends who I see almost never and have very little in common with, but the rare occasions that I do see them, we have the best time and I adore them. But equally, if that was a romantic relationship, it would be done by now. Mm-hmm. I think the energy that you have to invest and that we do invest in our friendships is so different. And I think it's really worthwhile to like mind that and look at, at how we exist together and like how you maintain those relationships in a way that's less binary than like, I love them, I don't love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's evident, you know, 15 years for our age is a really long time to be friends with someone, you know, 10 is barely human at that age. Um, and I think that is how you learn that you don't need to see them every day at school for them to be your best friend. And sometimes friendship goes and ebbs and flows over the years and that sort of stuff. And it can be strengthening. And also if you distance yourself for a few years through circumstance or anything, that doesn't necessarily mean a friendship is done in the way that a romantic relationship can be. Completely. Yeah. I mean, we went to university at like opposite ends of of a coast yeah you went to Bristol Mm -hmm. I went to Brighton and I was devastated when like having to make the decision to go to university and like purposefully move away from each other felt really hard because at the time we'd only ever known being Being within each other yeah like 10 minutes of each other um but you're completely right you just learned that your relationship like how strong your relationship can be when you can't be together it never really really changed how did you adjust to that at the time? It was hard. It was really hard. Like I, especially first year of uni for me was a hor- was a horrible time. Like I, I didn't really have a good time, and I think there were a lot of factors into that. But mm. I was away from you, and I Bell has always been a very big support to me. So I was quite alone at that time. But I think after a while, you just we just made a lot of effort, didn't we? Yeah. Like we would go over. I would go to Brighton, and you would come to Bristol, and. And I think I found it hard because I, um, at the time, I guess, was quite naive and saw the world as quite black and white. And as soon as I saw that my best friend was hurting in any way and realised that she missed me as much as I missed her, was just like, just transfer, just come to Brighton, Mm. it'll be brilliant. And and actually, like, (laughs) maybe put some really unhelpful, undue pressure on you that we've never really acknowledged, rather than saying, like, I'm here for you and how can I support you from a distance my solution was completely, we'll just come to where I am then. Like, you know, my life is settled here, so why don't you move to me? And, like, together we will we will make it so much better. Whereas, actually, I think having those three years apart, like, having to grow up independently of one another probably... Yeah, it was the best thing. But I, I was thinking about this this morning. <clears throat> Barring maybe one or two, has there been a day in 15 years, either in person at school or, like, via messenger or whatever since then like barring maybe a week cumulatively that we haven't spoken no I think the only times are if you one of us has been away on holiday and hasn't been able to yeah or like I don't know yeah and I think that's such a like learnable piece of advice is that like even if even if it's a quick message, even if it's quick, I'm thinking about you. Or, or even if it's just like, you've tagged me in a meme. Yeah, completely. <laughs> like, just checking in with each other every day. Just, it's really, really warming. And it reminds you that, like, wherever you are, wherever they are, you have 
like a little piece of home somewhere. Yeah, that's true. That is what it's like. Yeah, it's like affirming your friendship even when they're not physically there. Completely. And I think it's like people remember to do that for romantic relationships more than they Mm -hmm. do for their friendships, I think. Mm. Um, We, as I said, like we lived together for two years and um, at the end of the first year of us living together, I think your boyfriend then asked you to move in with him in like a, a year's time. So at the end of what would be two years. So I think we had kind of planned for that to be the case. Yeah. Um, And I think that in the meantime, I had then asked my boyfriend to move in with me at the end of those two years. Um, And then various stuff shifted, which meant that... I think it was a good way you put it before, is it was a series of unfortunate events that occurred, which meant that I didn't have somewhere to live basically and had yeah had to move and it kind of in bad circumstances and I think that because um actually in I guess 14 years at that point we'd actually never had a fight and like when I say we'd never had a fight I mean we'd never had crosswords we had never never had had a falling out where we didn't speak it was nothing like I don't just mean we'd never screamed at each other like we had never there'd never been anything Mm. and I think that that was a summer where more than anything in any other circumstance we would have turned to each other yeah Mm. and we both felt that because we hadn't learned to communicate openly and efficiently and because we hadn't had that because we'd never had crosswords and it had been so long it felt like so much of a bigger deal and we like I watch friends fight with best friends and like almost to a point envied them that they could be so open and say exactly what they like were feeling and there was no repercussions of that and I think that you and I both it came to a breaking point where we were both like we can't like I know what you're thinking you know what I'm thinking we both know we're unhappy basically we just weren't verbalizing exactly Mm. what we both knew was happening and then Sorry, sorry. And on my part, I was second-guessing that somewhat in, like, that you perhaps didn't think what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but I didn't ask mm. because I was like, I'm making a huge deal and if, it, if I verbalise mm. it, then it becomes a big thing. And I was thinking, and, like, even saying to other people, I know that she feels replaced, but that's not what's happening. Like, my love for Lily and my love for my boyfriend are equal and different and... There is, there's no way of replacing one with the other. It's not... Uh, and and yet I didn't know how to say that to you. And I think that's something that, like, so many people will have experienced at some point is the thing where you have your, your best friend who you love, like, more than anything and you're very close and you live in each other's pockets, whether you live together or whether you just see each other a lot. And then they get in a relationship and I think both of us because I got in the relationship that I'm in now quite a few years before this Mm. but at both different times like it was difficult for the other one in different ways Mm. and no one really speaks about it because you're just supposed to be like well I'm very happy for them but then people don't speak about how it feels difficult to like watch someone you love be in love which is great but have someone who is who they love as much as they love you. When I fell in love, I was 
a bit older than you were and it was when we were living together which meant that it was it was in your face all the time like when he came round it was to our house and it was when you and your boyfriend got together like we weren't spending every day together and so I didn't feel like I was giving up days whereas when I got together with my boyfriend I think it it felt for me as well like I was giving up days with you to spend days with him and that's it's so hard because if you don't know how to communicate properly if you haven't had a conversation yet where you're brutally honest with each other and make each other cry and like break each other's hearts a bit over like some tea and cake in a water stone (laughs) warren street (laughs) public literally like you but that's made us so much better we now say like hey that thing that you said or that thing that you did like i'm kind of bummed like or you know please make more time for me or yeah because it sounds like really at the heart of this like obviously there's so many other factors going on with you know how do you balance your love for your friend with your love for a boyfriend but at the heart of it it's really about the kind of communication that you guys had and I think it's really relatable the thing that you can have a best friend and you're so happy because you've never fought and I loved what one of you said about um like you almost had a bit of FOMO like well I've never had those like screaming rows but I think that if you're that kind of friend doesn't mean you're any less close or like any less communicative but I do think there's for a lot of people like a breaking point at which you do need to like say whatever's on your mind and it's really hard to do and I think personally a lot of that is because of like the impression that most of us see in the media or whatever that like female friendship is so great and supportive and you have your Mm. girl squad and actually like no this is incredibly complex and you need to kind of like weather these storms in the same way you do need to with romantic relationships absolutely and I think that actually the the way that we communicate now is not something that I have with anyone else Mm-hmm. and we were, I was trying to think yesterday why that is and I think that I, I, I can't see the like risk like the benefits outweighing the cost of if someone else says something to me like a friend that's less close than Lily says something that bums me out a bit I kind of just think oh well I'll just let it go because I guess because I value Lily's opinion of me more than almost anyone else's mm. Whereas when Lil bums me out, it now feels like necessary and like there's a benefit that outweighs the cost of having to have that slightly uncomfortable conversation just. Yeah. And I think also, I guess for me, like I've always in all friendships for me, I've had a kind of fear of like, if I confront someone, I'll lose it. And um, we've just shown or you've shown me that. Like, I could probably say anything and you would be like, you wouldn't leave. Mm. So, it's, You've yeah. You've shown me that. And it's so funny because a lot of the time when we have those conversations now, whoever starts it, the other one will know it's coming. Hmm. Yeah. Like, if I get a message that's like, listen, I'm like, I know what I've done already. <laughs> I know what I've done. I know that you know what I've done. I know that at some point, like, we're going to have to discuss the fact that I've done something upsetting and so it's just so funny that, like, for the last 15 years, we've been able to read each other's minds. And yet, like, we've just never verbalised that. We've never taken down, like, that last little bit of cling film that's between us. And do you think that's because you were scared of losing each other? I think, yeah. yeah I, I think, think that so. was the underlying kind of fear. And I think it's also with friendship, you know, we mentioned this before, it's this 
assumption that it should be easier and you're we're not really conditioned to think you know fighting with your friends make you stronger mm-hmm. like there's supposed to be such yep. a positive influence in your life and so I think you guys are talking about this kind of aha moment when you realize that even though in the short term it can be uncomfortable and not what you want to do it allows you to be much better friends to each other and I think you know I've definitely had from experience where I'm like I'll just shut my eyes and it will go away yeah. but with your best friends and the people that are so close to you they know and so when you don't talk about it you both know that you're avoiding it and it doesn't have any benefit with the kind of the same cost you know exactly a good summary (laughs) are there any times that has been a really hard time in your friendship but more in the sense of like maybe something you've supported each other through or you know a tough period that you think's been formative as well um I'm not sure if it's what not to do with our friendship but I guess for me like one of the big periods in my life which kind of cemented my relationship with Belle so we obviously we met when we were 11 um, and we're really good friends. But when I was 15, kind of between the ages of 15 and 18, like, I went through quite a lot of quite bad mental health stuff where I um, pushed away a lot of people and, um, like, distanced myself from friendships. But Belle, like, never let me go. Like... <laughs> like a bad smell. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, you would always just come back and pop back. Like, even if I would try and be, like pull myself away not because I wanted to but because of just how things were um she would never let me go and at that time I was very much going through the whole no one really wants me about but Belle has always gone yeah I, I like you and like value you and so I think like that support that I've had that I, I remember consciously at the time thinking like no one else is as supportive of me and no one else like makes me feel valued as much as Belle does I think the thing that I actually replay in my head quite a lot um, is that when we were still living together um, I had had a totally normal day and came home with dinner ready to cook and um, had a voicemail and um, found out that my grandfather had very suddenly um, passed away and I can remember... um, sorry (laughs) like howling like a completely animalistic noise and I know that this isn't what happened but in my memory I collapsed and Lil caught me and I know that I probably hit the floor before you managed to get to me just because but Lil caught me and it was Lil that had to say like say down the phone to my parents like she's fine she's indoors she's in our flat like they were you know, worried that I was on a road or whatever it was. And um, for me, like, that, my little world completely fell apart and Lil packed a bag for me and worked out how many pairs of pants I would need (laughs) and gave me her suitcase because she didn't know where mine was. And I don't know how we got to Waterloo, but we did. Like, she got me to the train and she got me to my brother who we met up with and she got me on a train um and for me like that's just always going to be so incredibly special someone who 
when I completely stopped functioning was like okay I'm going to be your arms and your legs and you know here's your train ticket that I've bought and you know I am you until you're ready to start being yourself again and like until stuff starts making sense I will make sense of it for you and that was just like so incredible and so like I I think about it all the time and I think that it just there's no one else that I would have wanted to be there there's no one else in my world that that could have done that in that moment I don't think so I've made everyone cry. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> Shut up, it's the wine. It's definitely like moments like that that show you like who do you want to have around in this moment mm. and it's kind of a no-brainer. Completely. Oh. What would you say of your friendship between each other is unique and kind of what you admire the most about each other? You go first. What? Let's not cry again. <laughs> <laughs> um, moment. I think with Belle, so when we were thinking about this yesterday and I kind of, I didn't deliberate for very long, but what is the most unique thing about Belle, which I've not really ever seen in anyone else ever, is um, that as soon as she meets someone, whether like new or <laughs> if she's seen them again, like everyone, you can tell that everyone she meets like feels special to her. Um, you just like she just has the ability to make people like bring people out of their shell, which I think was really important for me, being fairly an introverted person. Um, but like, I have been in rooms where Belle has left the room, and people are like that girl. It's <laughs> just amazing. She's, she's a, yeah, and it's yeah. So that and I, you don't really see that very often. And for me, it's really interesting because we wrote these answers completely separately of each other, but. I think that if that is the case, it's only because of you. Because my answer to this was that, like, no matter how nervous I'm feeling, I think that I um, I come across as incredibly confident even when I can feel incredibly nervous. And, like, <laughs> as a child, used to be so nervous about, like, birthday parties and stuff that I would, um, like, lie on the bathroom floor and, like, have to psych myself up to go. And since meeting Lily, like if I know that she's going to be somewhere I never have that nervousness that I do when I'm alone and I I think that I don't have that same confidence when you're not in the room with me um so you guys seem kind of different from the outset and you both kind of mentioned that Lily you're a bit more introverted and Belle you're uh pretty loud and quite extroverted (laughs) at times and do you think in your friendship it's more a case of kind of opposites attract or is it that when you're together you kind of find some sort of middle ground I don't know because I feel like it's a little combination of both really yeah. because I think initially like I think opposites attract and I think that is reflected in your relationship with yes. Rory yeah, um, in that me yeah. and Rory are actually quite similar of temperament aren't we? Yeah you're very, very similar. <laughs> um, so I think yeah like it's a complementary thing in that I maybe bring you down a bit and you bring me up so we do find a middle ground but it's yeah. because we're we're those opposites I totally agree if there is one piece of advice that either you have given the other before and you think they have chosen to ignore or a piece of advice that you wish that they would heed what would it be am I going first if, if you have one 
I don't want you to see bleeding. Oh, you have one too. Okay, that's good. Um, I think I I wish that you would worry less and wish that you trust me when I say that you're incredible and that everything will be okay and that I am you worried. are yeah, you know that you know you are as close to perfect as it gets and I oh, gosh. Ugh, <laughs> disgusting <laughs> oh my god um, yeah I, I wish you'd worry less mine is I guess on a similar vein of um, I wish or I would advise you <laughs> to um, you. just to not second guess yourself so much because so many times I've heard you be amazing at a social event or at work or something and then come back and be like oh god I was so embarrassing or I talk too much or I've done this whereas it's true. you're actually fine she's perfect I'm fine I want that for the record <laughs> you're actually, you're actually okay. fine <laughs> I wouldn't want to get too far. Don't want to get too big for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so per tradition, we are going to finish on a quick fire round. This means one sentence answers, which some people find extremely challenging. Okay. Except for in the funny stories, we might ask some leading follow up questions. Fine. All fine. <laughs> yeah, if, if they're hilarious, then we'll accept more. <laughs> okay, so what is your funniest memory with each other? The goat rodeo. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, you get more than a sentence. Let's have it. When, so Val and I, when we were on our gap year, we went to Australia for like, how long was it? Like two months. Two months. And um, we found ourselves, what was it called? Crimbit. Crimbit. <laughs> uh, the like farm. The goat farm. The goat farm. Found ourselves forced into a goat rodeo. Oh, you participated. Oh, yeah. I thought you were observant. No, 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 no. We were in it. And you guys Wait, will did remember. You ride from... a goat? No. Oh, oh, actually, someone did, but we didn't. We, but like, you guys will remember, I'm outing you on your podcast from when you had a goat. How scared I am of the goats. Two goats. Oh, yeah. Like, your goats gave me a fear of goats. And then Lily put me <laughs> in a pen. Goats as well. So, Belle has a lifelong fear of goats. Okay, and then and then went. we found ourselves in a pen with us and one other girl and with about, about twenty goats, and all we had was lassos to defend ourselves. <laughs> and I didn't know what the aim of it was, but it was like a with British <laughs> tourists and goats, <laughs> literally. And we were in like a pen with people sitting around the outside, like yelling at us. And they made you wear hats. They made you wear cowboy hats. So, like, what can we do to humiliate you more? Yeah. And we we put it. We put the video to the soundtrack of Benny Hill. There is on the internet a video of us doing the goat rodeo, sped up to the Benny Hill theme tune. We will find that and link it somewhere. Yeah. Links in the show notes. My funniest memory is um, my mum being convinced that we were a couple. And she was really disappointed. She was really disappointed. Yes. So um, what happened was, I mean, you guys remember the house that I grew up in was haunted. Mm -hmm. It was. And um, it's just a a statement of fact. Um, And Lily, because it was when I still had a single bed, so Lily was at a sleepover and she had been put in the spare room, which was upstairs, and was getting herself ready for bed. We were like 14, 15. Yeah. And the lights turned themselves off. It was horrifying. And it wasn't like the bulb blew. It was like the lights just stopped working. Um, and so Lil came down and was like, 
sleep in your bed and I was like you can of course sleep in my bed so as not to be killed by the ghost (laughs) and so we snuggled in this single bed and when my mum came in in the morning she like opened the door saw us and had this like little happy smile (laughs) and then like slowly shut the door again and later that like Lil's parents came to collect her sleepover done with and my mum took me to shoe to have my new school like buy new school shoes and she waited until the, the young man who was a shop assistant was, like, on one knee, easing a shoe onto my foot. And went, are you and Lily gay? <laughs> and this guy literally, like, snapped his head up, looked at me and was like, I'll come back. <laughs> and left with this shoe half on my foot. And I was like, no, like, I, no, we're not. Why? And she was like, no, no, just wondering. It's, it's all fine. And then, like, a week later, I was at my grandparents' house, and my grandma was reading something, and suddenly went, oh, yeah. Like, she suddenly remembered something, went, are you and Lily gay? <laughs> and I was like, did mum ask you to ask this? And she was like, no. <laughs> so I think they thought, for, probably until I brought Rory home, I think... I think they hoped. Desperately hoped. I mean, let's be honest, you would We all hoped. <laughs> you and I both tried desperately hard. But it just wasn't to be. (laughs) Settling for best friend. Yeah, seriously. Amazing. Okay, next on our list is an annoying habit that they don't know that they have. Uh, Belle knows this one. I know all of my annoying habits, so it's fine. So self aware. (laughs) Exactly. It's not annoying, it's sweet. But she (laughs) if she's eating food, especially food that really she really likes, she'll do with a smile and be like She'll do like happy breathing, like happy nose breathing. And I think because you like, you yeah. For the recording, that was happy nose breathing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just like I like it's sweet. Nuggets. Yeah, but every time we eat something nice, I always look over at you, and you're just doing your nose breathing. <laughs> and Lily, no matter how small the drink is, is physically incapable of. That's the first time I've ever seen you finish a drink. <laughs> like, you could literally give her, like, a thimble of coffee and she would still find a way to leave a little bit of it, which when you put a lot of love and care into making people cups of tea in the morning... It's my calling card. You know, I've been there. There's a little <laughs> tiny bit of little drink bit left. Of tea left. <laughs> so, finally, um, imagine that the two of you were stranded on a desert island. How would you get on? Badly. Badly. My first, my initial reaction to this is I, for those of you who don't know me, am very pale and ginger, so I would expire extremely quickly in the sun. Um, And then you could eat me. But I wouldn't eat you because I think if we're on a desert island and there's no chance of survival, I'd rather die quite quickly than eat you, have the guilt of eating you, and then have to die slowly anyway. (laughs) I would, I would eat you because I, I just hate being hungry. <laughs> and anything to, you know, yeah. prolong the eventual exactly. sun-induced death. Exactly. <laughs> Peeling and scabby, but nicely like, full. Like, nice, like, Warm, leg and yeah. tummy. <laughs> I'm quite muscular, to be fair. Probably yeah. quite tender. Anyway, really there tasty. we have it. A nice muscular <laughs> snack. Stop. And on that note, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Belle and Lily. Thank you so much again. Thank you, guys. God damn it. I've just realised we forgot to talk about the tattoos. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're sorry that we forgot to mention this and bring it up. But um, one 
fact that I think everyone should know is that Belle and Lily have the cutest friendship tattoos I've ever seen. And they're not like the cliche, you know, we both got a star. It's not like best friends on two two sides of a locket. Okay, so what they have is Belle is um, a playwright and Lily is a genius scientist. That's actually on her LinkedIn. That's her job description. (laughs) And um, so Belle has a tattoo of a string of DNA and Lily has a tattoo of a quill, like a sort of Shakespeare writing quill. And I think kind of a side note of that that actually makes it so cute is that I think Lily got hers before Belle and it's the fact that she got one for Belle without Belle getting one for her and was just so, like wanted this symbol of her friend so much and it wasn't even like they needed to get them together and it's got to the point where they both just have these really really cute tattoos if we've got that the wrong way around we're sorry but one of them got it before yeah. the other <laughs> so they knew they'd be friends at least for the next few months at that point yeah. um i think what really strikes me about um their dynamic is that they are actually so different um in the sort of superficial ways so Belle is a lot more Uh, loud and outgoing and she's absolutely hilarious and Lily is too but in a much more quiet way and I think that they would admit this that they're kind of the perfect foil to each other as friends did you think that yeah completely and I think it was interesting kind of watching their dynamic on this episode because Belle is much more extroverted in real life I'd say and it's easy for her to kind of tell the stories and be loud and laughing but they actually really got into their own rhythm and I think we were lucky that we kind of got to see a little insight into how they actually interact with each other Um, and I thought that was actually really special to see. Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Friends. If you enjoyed this episode please spread the word as it really helps other people to find us. You can email us on talk.betweenfriends at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Instagram at betweenfriendspod. Thanks as always to our guests for sharing their story and to everyone who helped us produce this episode and a special thanks to Harry Nicholson who composed our wonderful jingle. And finally, thanks to you, our listeners. Um, Wait, I want to do that on that note bit again and then wrap up. Do you want to do it? Can you wrap up? I hate wrapping up. Right, we're going to need some laughter. Ha <laughs> <laughs>